Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome, welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with our executive producer and co-host, Mark Griffith. He's sitting over there riding shotgun on this fantastic show we're about to have for you. That's right. Um, thank you guys for stepping in. And we also have Siri as well here. But thank you guys for stepping in with us. We're, we're excited to have you. Um, you can go to thehousinghour.com and find all of our shows, our past shows. And you can also share it with friends and family. Uh, we'd love for you to do that. Um, it's an important show today because we have our good friends from the East Tennessee weather page coming back for another installment. Um, we have uh, David and John from the East Tennessee weather page. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having us Is today. Is this thing on? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, guys, you know, we have had you guys on. We've had Matt Hinkin with us one time. Um, I guess this is the third show that we've done. Is that correct? I think that's correct. Um, we did do a show uh, somewhere else, and then we did another one over here. But regardless, it's been a few years since we started the weather page, right? I mean, it's been probably, what, two and a half, three years, something in there? Um, you guys can talk. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and But but see, in all seriousness, let's let's take a step back and talk about what it was and why it was that we started it and, and I'll sort of lead into it. And then John, you can, you can, um, take it from there. Uh, I know that I have a huge interest in weather and it's, it's not just in the winter, like everybody who likes weather, there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm interested in the weather, but it's only in certain seasons. I don't happen to fall within that. I actually like all weather, um, whether that be, you know, storms, I know that's weird, but I, I, I like watching storms develop. I like, you know, it's sort of, you know, not very easy to talk about, but I also, I also like to monitor hurricanes. I don't like the destruction that hurricanes bring, but I do like to watch how they develop and which way they go and how all the systems work together. Um, but I certainly love winter. That is definitely the case. So we, I don't know how John and I can't even remember exactly how it happened, but oh, it was David, uh, one of our, not this David, but another David is the weatherman. Um, Dave was his last name. Yes, David Aldridge, or yeah, so he's a weatherman in Knoxville. And when David had been posting about some winter storms, um, I noticed John, who I know from church, was commenting on the same thread. And so um, I think John made the comment, or I made the comment, I can't remember, man, it would be cool if we started a forum, a weather forum, or a weather page. And so I said, well, let's do it, you know, and then we started it. And um, John did, has done a great job, and now David um, came in. Uh, after a little while of just posting stuff that's important to this area and, you know, using what is available to us from the National Weather Service and other um, uh, information that we can find. And um, this year we've also posted a weather forecast for the winter. Um, and I, I'd say that probably most people just skip down to mine, I would imagine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, John, talk a little bit about just the weather page. You can go to East Tennessee Weather Page, go to Facebook and, and search it. We have over 4,000 likes, and we want to grow that because we know our information is very important. Go ahead, John. Well, I think it's – weather is just one of those things that, that mm -hmm. everyone seems to be interested in because it affects our lives so greatly from mm – -hmm. Uh, anybody that's ever had an outdoor wedding 
wants to know what the weather is going to be mm-hmm. like, uh, outdoor sporting events and things of that nature. So I think that it's, it's such a part of our day-to-day that it's just, again, it's just one of those important things that people follow. And, and it's so unpredictable, mm-hmm. especially in the wintertime around in East Tennessee, that it, it, it has a little bit of, uh, of a mystique to mm-hmm. it. And so, um, and plus it's a very polarizing topic. It's a lot like food or music. It's very taste-based. You either mm-hmm. like winter or you don't. That's and a good so, point. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's strange because some people love the snow. They love the cold, you know, and, you know, I, I guess it's just like you said, that's a perfect way of putting it. It's all about whatever your, your taste is. I mean, you may, you may love the winter. You may love the summer. It just depends. And I happen to love the winter. Um, but David, you like weather, don't you? I like it all just like you. That's right. And you like all, all different types of weather. And where did you get the desire to want to learn about it? I remember you telling the story, but I'd like for the new listeners that are coming in to learn a little bit about it. Um, tell us a little bit about your passion for weather. Well, it started with the winter weather. Mm-hmm. I think that um, for a lot of people, that's, that's the one that, that gets them moving. Mm-hmm. And like John said, uh, you either love it or hate it. You don't find many people who are apathetic like they don't care. They, right. You know, they, they're really, they have a strong opinion about it. But when I was a child, of course, I loved snow because you get out of school. Mm, That's the the reason you love snow. That's what it started with for me. Yeah. Um, So I would find myself grabbing the newspaper, and they would have the graphics of the United States with Mm -hmm. uh, green for rain, blue for snow, and they have snowflakes. And I would trace uh, the continental U.S., and then draw my own forecast. Of course, it was more mm-hmm. like a wish cast because I would right. draw snow over Tennessee every time. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm wish casting. <laughs> but you're right. So that, that's how you started. I started there and um, haven't looked back since. Just I've grown more fond of the weather. And, and, of course, more recently with the tools that are available to the average person on the Internet, it makes it much more interesting. Yeah. You know, weather, John, is so per- is not predictable, but yet other things that we're passionate about, for instance, like music. You guys are very passionate about music. You both play instruments. Um, I believe you play the guitar bass. Bass. Uh, David David plays the bass. And, John, you rip the guitar, right? Well, I, I hold one. No, and he's look, so modest. And look interested. Listen to this. Um, we need to bring have you bring the guitar. I bet you anything Phil would love to have them on. They're incredible musicians. But anyway, um, music, I don't know if I would say it's predictable, but there's a, there's a page of music, and you're following the page of music. And it's it, you know where your part is. You know what's coming. You know when the bass is supposed to come in. You know when the drums are supposed to come in. Weather's sort of exactly the opposite of that, you know? In so tell, talk to me about that unpredictable nature of weather, because there's nothing out there in in our existence that is as unpredictable as weather. I would think. I think a lot of it has to has to do more with the different variables, really, mm-hmm. because weather on the philosophy of weather makes plenty of sense. Mm-hmm. It's it's either cold or it's not, and <laughs> water freezes or it doesn't. Right. depending on things like temperature. And, and so uh, the biggest issue we have specific to Tennessee is that we're, geographically speaking, it makes it very difficult because it interrupts or it adds so many variables in that there's so many things going on that it, that it takes a lot of the predictability out of something that, 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 that you would normally think should be pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. um, especially as, as, as much as you see as, as the weather's coming across. You've had a chance to look at it. It's, it's, it's entering in the western United States. It's moving toward you. It's not like you didn't see it coming, mm-hmm. and yet you can go back to last week when no one was predicting anything about snow, and we're sitting there looking at this on the models, talking amongst ourselves, thinking, mm-hmm. 
I hesitate to say anything about this because nobody's going to believe it's going to snow right. in you know in the in the the first week or two of of December, and yet there there it was. Right. And David posted on the weather page, if this thing just moves fifty miles north, we're going to get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And I think he was right. Well, he had he had a. It was funny. We were sending stuff back and forth, and he said, you know, I drew up a a a accumulation map. Was, and he's like, I'm really hesitant to post yeah. this. And it was spot on. It was, I, I mean, was, it, it was turned spot out. on. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was very spot on. And I felt like I do when I see the real thinking weatherman. I said, no, we're going to get more than that. <laughs> That's ridiculous. What if it moves another 50 yeah. miles? <laughs> uh, you know, I used to um, have thoughts of like well what if we brought in a bunch of helicopters and moved and, and moved it so that we could i mean that's just sad just setting up a bunch of fans just down somewhere south and just blow the blow, yeah. the, blow the storm to us and you know atlanta and this this last storm that we had i mean atlanta got hit pretty good i don't know how many inches they had but i mean they got how many three four inches? there were some people just north of atlanta with 11 inches okay well that's a lot um for them yeah. but how about metro atlanta because you know when they get snow it, it literally we think we're funny and silly it's ridiculous down there but do you remember how much atlanta metro got uh, i think it was a couple of inches my aunt lives in atlanta um in in that what you mentioned though john it makes a lot of sense because he you know said if it moved 50 miles that it could have given us the 10 inches or maybe potentially more you just never know because it's all about the system and, and where it comes in and why why is the ability for weathermen to or women i guess to get and pinpoint who's going to get the snow why is it so hard david well in the summertime we don't look at these things with such a, a magnifying glass and in close detail mm -hmm. because one degree doesn't matter if it rains at 77 degrees or 78 degrees no one cares mm -hmm. but in the winter if it's 32 or 33 or it's warmer up in the mm. upper levels of the atmosphere it makes a big difference and so even though in the summer it seems like uh, we have a better handle on things in the winter time it makes meteorologists kind of look like they don't know what they're talking about i right. hear that a lot of times uh, what's the phrase that i hear i wish i could get paid what they get paid to be wrong right. half the time something like that right uh, yeah. It's difficult, though, because there are so many variables, like John said. In this case, that system was coming up from the Gulf, which mm -hmm. is one that we typically would like to see for snow in this area. Mm -hmm. But uh, as John said, Tennessee is situated, especially eastern Tennessee, that we can also get snow from the clipper systems coming from Canada. That's right. So we have two different ways. Uh, which we had a little clipper come just after that. Yeah, and actually one moving through today. Oh, yeah, see, you just never know. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the people who are fans of the weather guys out there, guys, don't be fair weather fans. No. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to continue this conversation with John and David with the East Tennessee weather page right after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And this is something that we've talked about before, but we're talking about weather this show. And I want you guys to know how to find this show to, to pass it on. Um, you can go to thehousinghour.com. You can find our show there and share it with friends and family. So we're excited to have uh, David and John in studio with us. I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity to speak with them. Um, they are a part of the East Tennessee weather page. The East Tennessee weather page can be found on Facebook. You can just go right there and search East Tennessee 
weather page and you'll find us. Um, we'd love for you to go like our page. Um, we definitely appreciate it. Um, this is um, a conversation that uh, John was mentioning off air is not just for the snow enthusiasts. All the, obviously, that's part of why I like you know, weather, but also he was mentioning, which is a very good point, tying it back into the housing hour, um, is that a lot of most claims that are um, for home owners for insurance are weather related. He mentioned uh, hail and wind and what was the other one? Water damage. Freezing. Water, water damage. So between those two, I mean, that makes up over half of the claims I think you mentioned, right? Oh, they're your top two by a long, yeah, so by a those, long shot. So, so people are, are conscious about weather. I remember that May of 2009, I think it was, um, when we had that big hailstorm. Um, you know, the people's roofs were just taken away. And I remember being interested in weather back, and I, I knew that we were going to have a lot of hail. And there's a lot of people that just didn't know. Um, and, you know, I happened to be able to put my cars in the garage, which is something that I didn't normally do and saved both my cars. Now I look back on it, I probably should have left it outside, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, that's another reason is to be prepared, you know, be understanding what's going to happen with the weather. It's not just about whether I should take an umbrella or not. I mean, if you're going to get hail, you need to be conscious of that. Uh, Mark, you mentioned that you had a, a well, question. To be prepared, you have to be able to predict, mm -hmm. right? So, should we prepare and, for this question? Well, okay. Yes, because it's all for all three of you. Uh -huh. all, because growing up here in East Tennessee, it's always been the weather coming in in the wintertime across the plateau or from the Gulf. But as soon as it hits the valley, everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. And I never could understand what what's the dynamic of being in the valley that causes the weather to change and become unpredictable. And that's for all of you well, well, the first, before you guys, the real weather people answer that. I've always been very upset by what the plateau does to our systems. <laughs> 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 because, you know, you see this big, you know, yeah. blue radar that's like, oh yeah, and it's dark and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then, you know, you've got, you got nothing. You got nothing. And then there's what do they call that when there's not moisture in there? Is it asparagus or what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, it's I can't remember what it is, but it, it shows that it's snowing. But there's it's so dry. Virgia. What is it? Virgia. Oh, Virgia. Okay, asparagus. Virgia. That, that, was, that was really close. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know there's just something about you know it, it hits the the plateau, it hits those mountains, and it breaks it apart, which is actually a really good thing when you look at weather patterns, because it's one of the reasons General Leslie Groves chose um, Oak Ridge, for instance, because of the way that it was able to um, sort of shelter that area from storms and from tornadoes and those type of things. But you guys go ahead and <clears throat> answer it for real. Do you want him to repeat the question since I took so long? <laughs> no, I, I think I understand it. Uh -huh. So the weather, uh, the most basic answer to this has to do with lift. When systems come across the plateau and the, the wind is moving from west to east, as you go in the valley, the air starts to sink. Mm -hmm. And sinking air is more stable than rising air. That's really just the basic um, idea behind how our weather works. Yeah. And so depending on the direction, you know, you'll notice a lot of times this, the most severe storms we get in the spring are usually coming from the southwest because they don't have the plateau mm -hmm. or the mountains on the other side. Like the May sort of 2009. Yeah, they're all coming up from Birmingham and that area. 
And so that's that's really uh, the most basic answer for that. It's more complicated than, of course, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes there um, becomes an, an area of cold air that stays in the valley, and that works to our advantage when we have snow or maybe creates ice if it's warm up top and cold on the bottom. And then other times it flip-flops. Mm-hmm. And this, we're not the only ones that experience this effect, actually. On the other side of the Appalachians in North Carolina, they will experience what's called cold air damming, where a high-pressure system will sit in the northeast and spin clockwise and just continually push cold air against the mountains, and it has nowhere to go, so it just stays right there in western North Carolina. Mm, that's, I wish we had some cold air damming. Go ahead, John. <laughs> oh, no, I think that was perfect. I like that. Well, answer. you're in, like for instance, you're in Powell. Um, I'm in South Knoxville, basically. And me and you have always in the past, you know, had, you know, hey, are you seeing any snow? You're seeing snow. I'm not seeing snow. You know, and I remember one winter I actually drove. I said, you know what? I got to see snow. <laughs> so I drove up to almost Kentucky <laughs> to see snow. And I got up, you know, up there and I did see snow. That, I mean, it was significantly different, different because the elevation increased. And I'm assuming that's the, the falling air um, is more volatile. Is that what would you say <laughs> it was? Yeah, the sinking air the is sinking more air. stable. The sinking air is more stable. But you're in Powell. You see more snow probably than south of I-40, correct? Correct. Yeah, there's that. It's it's funny because there's we seem to have a lot of the that I forty line mm-hmm. uh, that you see, um, but it's it's the valley. It's interesting if you actually look at a map of, of East Tennessee, and mm-hmm. and not everything is as um, east, west, north, south. Uh, with respect to the shapes of the valleys and things of that nature. So depending on where you're positioned, it may look a little funny on the map, mm-hmm. um, but it can make a huge difference. And and uh, to to what David was saying before, um, you, you get a, a more you're in more stable or more uh, uh, destabilized regions depending on where the how the air generally moves through these locations, and mm-hmm. you just generally find that. Um, for an example, uh, we were looking at some of the models from 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 earlier. And if you go back to just a, just a day or two ago, uh, the GFS had uh, like a line right over the like Clarksville, Tennessee area, just getting hammered, seven inches of snow. Uh, For next, when? Next week. Okay. And so um, coming up on the Christmas time area, and then, you know, you start moving it forward and it's just gone. Mm. It's just, you know, so. Um, but, I know. I know. I've had to, I've had to actually a little bit um, because of my sanity, I've had to stop running <laughs> weather models out past like 240 hours because I just lose my, my sanity because you'll see a storm that pops up. You're like, oh, okay, well that's 312 hours away, man. I can't wait. And then as it gets closer, the models start taking in more information and it hits land maybe on the West coast and it's taking into every bit of the information it needs to, to really come up with an accurate model. So it's, it's interesting. And why is it too, you know, I made the joke, always make the joke that East Tennessee, the Valley has to be the most difficult area to predict weather, especially when it comes to uh, winter weather. Um, and maybe that's just not true. Maybe that's me a little bit of hyperbole, but I think that it is true. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, going back to what David was mentioning before, I mean, you've got a, a, a substantial difference in elevation from, you know, 2,000 plus feet mm-hmm. uh, to the west of us on the plateau, 2,000 plus feet to the east of us, and then you're 500 feet in the middle. And, it, and so, yeah. and, 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 and when you're talking about one or two degrees of difference, 
Um, it's easy to get. I mean, it's 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 very easy to just to just raise that temperature just a little high, uh, higher than. than is there required. anything to the whole G- General Leslie Groves thing that I said, or or is that just hyperbole as well? I mean, I think I believe I believe absolutely anything you say, Kevin. <laughs> I really do. <did. laughs> but I think no, there's I some know. truth to that, isn't it? Right, David. Oh, Manuel. Yes, you know. Manuel. <laughs> there's some truth to the, that. We. Um, have better weather here when it comes to storms and things. I can see where that would be mm-hmm. something considered. Yeah, I think so. And and back to your point too about the difference between just south or just east of us and just west of us, the huge elevation differences. Because you just you start traveling towards Asheville, you're going to see a huge elevation increase, and you're going to see more snow. And the valley, I mean, it is exactly the way you would think it is. The valley is a valley, and so you have. You have both elevation inclines and declines on both sides. And I also notice another thing too, whenever you're traveling, you think you're traveling north into the valley, but you're really, you're climbing. I mean, as soon as you, basically it seems like as soon as you hit I-75 going towards, you know, where maybe that neck of the woods, you're, you're climbing. I would love to see a, uh, is it a topography map Mm -hmm. to see exactly the ins and outs of it? Because you made the point also, John, about um, how it depends on where you sit. There's other areas in West Knoxville that are higher than others, and those areas are going to get more precipitation or more frozen precipitation even than others. So, I mean, that's something for people to think about. And uh, Mark, your house, you live up on a hill, don't you? I don't. No, no I, I don't. I don't feel like I'm <laughs> I believed. I believed everything you said. <laughs> yeah, but you you don't. live. But but you and I get similar snowfalls. But in Oak Ridge, there's a lot of times. Uh, Oak Ridge, for instance, will get more snow for whatever reason. It's always I, is it higher. Is, is Oak Ridge higher than well, West? I, I don't know. Probably the, the elevation is probably about the same, but they are more northern in latitude. Yeah. They, they probably uh, are just a little closer to the when the Clippers flow through. Mm, yeah. They're in line with those. Yeah, the Clippers are actually having a good year this year too. I don't know if y'all have been watching <laughs> the NBA, um, but guys, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of things when we get back. We're going to talk about the East Tennessee Weather Page 2017-18 Winter Weather Forecast, as well as um, La Nina and El Nino. We'd like to talk about those cousins, see what we can learn about what those different uh, weather patterns mean to us in our area, what it could mean to you this winter, and also this spring. Talk to them a little bit about uh, PAO negative or whatever that stuff is and what that means um, to your winter as well. So we'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, Kevin Ray with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. I have David Manuel and also John Lindsay with us right here live with you um, on the Housing Hour. Thank you guys for joining us. We're talking about the weather. We're talking about the East Tennessee weather page, and we're talking about the weather forecast for this winter. We have a great group of people that are talking about this with us. Um, East Tennessee weather page can be found on Facebook. You can go to Facebook and then just search for East Tennessee weather page. Love for you to connect with it. Um, we have like 4,000 likes. We're, we're looking to, to increase that because we definitely want to help you guys prepare for each day during this winter time. Um, 
we talked a little bit about La Nina and what that is, and, and I'm going to let you guys give the real answer, but um, the weather pattern certainly is in place, the La Nina weather pattern, and, and just giving you a textbook definition, La Nina is the positive phase of the El Nino Southern Oscillation and is associated with cooler than average sea surface temperatures in the central and eastern tropical Pacific Ocean. Now, that's only... 4,000 miles away from us, but um, can you guys give us a little bit of an idea? What does that weather pattern really mean, David, as it relates to East Tennessee? La Nina typically means drier, warmer air mm-hmm. for East Tennessee. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you look at all the averages over, over the entire winter, now that's not to say that there won't be periods of colder weather or wetter weather. Uh-huh. But I have some wetter weather over here just now because it's winter. Sorry, go ahead. But the... Uh, uh, if you average it out through the whole winter, we'll see what this one does. We're, we're going to be in a uh, moderate, weak to moderate La Nina this winter. And by the time it's over, when you look for the meteorological winter, which is December, January, February, we'll probably see uh, drier, which we have been drier so far, mm-hmm. and then warmer temperatures. Now, that hasn't taken place yet. Mm-hmm. We've been actually colder uh, for November and December. And you think that's Mark mentioned off air. I got to give you some props because, well, he just watched the weather channel. It's not really that much of a problem, but um, there's a ridge that is, and, and you mentioned it, Mark, T- tell them and then set that question. Well, they up. mentioned that there's a ridge mm-hmm. uh, somewhere on the West Coast and that it was stalled. Mm-hmm. And that's what's driving our weather. Yeah. Talk about that. And then, cause you answered and said, yes, that is true. Well, uh, just for the listeners, let's talk about what the ridges and troughs are. Mm -hmm. That's important to know. At the 500 millibar level, upper levels of the atmosphere, we have high pressures and low pressures, and they manifest themselves as ridges and troughs or ridges and valleys, Mm -hmm. not unlike what we're familiar here in East Tennessee with ridges. So the the upper heights tend to give us warmer, stable weather, just like we mentioned earlier, with rising air. And then the lower heights would indicate colder weather. Now, out west, we have a Pacific Ridge. It's normally, uh, we call it the PNA, and it has been a super ridge into the Arctic and has been staying there for the past uh, probably two and a half weeks. And when it pushes that high into the Arctic, that Arctic air has to go somewhere. It displaces it and pushes it into the continental U.S., and particularly the eastern. Now, I used to always watch, um, and is it the NAO and PAO? Is that what it is? It's like the positive yes. and negative. And there's one of those that needs to be a negative, I guess, in order for the atmosphere to be uh, in a place where we can get winter weather. And, you know, Henry Margasetti, I used to, I still am a big fan of him. I'm sort of a fair weather fan because I don't watch him as much anymore. But um, he always talked about it going negative for the Northeast to be able to get snow um, in a sort of, he called it the um, the big storms. You know, those those big, like real huge storms, which are basically things that we don't see maybe once in our lifetime, 1993 kind of storms, but they get that maybe once a year. So talk about that. What does that mean? The negative? Let's talk about there are three indices that we look at and all of these indices describe uh, ridging or troughs in the uh, near the continental United States and Greenland and in uh, the Pacific. 
the three things that we want to see if we want those big storms to come together would be a positive PNA. We have that right now. And that's what we've been having for the past a few weeks. Mm-hmm. We want a negative AO, the Arctic Oscillation, mm-hmm. and that's really what most people uh, know by the polar vortex, mm. and that pushes the cold air into the United States. And then we have one more that uh, all of us weather guys really like to talk about, and I'm actually going to throw this to John and let him explain it a little bit, mm. and it's the North Atlantic Oscillation, and it needs to be negative, and mm. we commonly refer to that as the Greenland Block, mm-hmm. and I think John could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, and he says John, no. Yeah, he can. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think the the what you see a lot of is you see a lot of fast moving systems, mm-hmm. and what you really love seeing is things slowing down, stopping, mm-hmm. and 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 pretty much backing up. Mm-hmm. And if you can get cold air in place, our, one of our biggest problems in East Tennessee is that you generally tend to see cold air backfilling behind precipitation as it's leaving, and it's just generally right. you have one condition chasing the other and what you love seeing is everything hanging around for a for a for a length of time you don't see a lot of um uh, you you just you just have to have it so so that this blocking for winter, can allow for you to, w- winter weather for winter weather yeah. and so what you like to see is you like to see a lot of the blocking you like to see a lot of the cold air sticking around and you like to see it it stick around long enough for the precipitation to ride in um the otherwise, you have to rely on things like evaporative cooling, which we do see every now and then. It gives us some really good um, freezing rain events mm-hmm. um, when the the moisture comes in a little bit early, and the and the moisture and the air is just really dry. And then as the the as you start seeing the humidity go up and the and the air absorb more water, it does that as an exchange for heat, and and it'll it'll take the cool temperature down just a little bit. And you'll so we see a little bit of that, but mm-hmm. uh, we we like seeing that blocking a lot more. Mm. So it's much more favorable for, for large snow events. When you talk about evaporative freezing, is that what you called it? Evaporative freezing? Cooling. But no, cooling. evaporative cooling, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so you have, you know, this is something I learned in the third grade, which not not that, but um, <laughs> it, it rains. When it rains, the when the rain um, actually dries up, it doesn't just go poof into thin air. Well, it kind of does, but it, it actually goes back up into the atmosphere. Is that correct, or, or some of it does? Is that correct, or am I? Did Miss Stevens tell me wrong? I don't know. What, hap- Stevens. Oh, what <laughs> happens to the weather? What happens to is, the water? Is Miss Stevens still around? Is that that's the question? <laughs> yes, she is. Can we call her up right she now? was absolutely correct then. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, what does that do to the weather p- p- patterns? Well, I think we're describing two different things. The evaporation of okay, uh, okay, the, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Of, of the water after it's fallen is one thing. What yeah. John's speaking about is as the precipitation is falling. Yeah. Um, it evaporates if it, if the air is really dry. It mm-hmm. can't hit the ground. We we actually mentioned that earlier. The Virgia, mm-hmm. you, yes. you've seen that on the radar before. Uh, it can't hit the ground because the air is too dry, so it evaporates. But it mm-hmm. requires heat mm-hmm. to do that. So the the heat that's released causes our temperatures to fall. Right. And eventually, if you can get heavy enough precipitation or enough precipitation over a period of time that's evaporating as it falls, the temperatures will fall enough to change it to snow. Wow. That, you know, you just nailed something in my head because there's so many factors that have to come together for a good snow. It's almost like when it does happen, like 1993, I remember several snows growing up, but 93 was the biggest. I mean, there were so many things that had to come together and, and it did because like right now up in our atmosphere, you know, not even probably 15,000 feet, it's, it's much colder than it is here. So but if it was much colder down here, like if it was in the 15 or 20 degree range, it's not going to snow. Is that correct? I mean, it almost can be too cold at times. Is that, is that accurate? 
Yeah, mostly the yeah. air at that temperature can't hold as much water. Right. So the chances that you'll have precipitation falling mm-hmm. uh, will be lower. Uh, technically, it can happen until we get to absolute zero, which everything stops. Mm. But I, th- I think somewhere around, I was thinking maybe 10 to zero degrees Fahrenheit, pretty much you don't see much snow falling. And, and can you talk a little bit about evaporative uh, drying? No, there's no such thing. <laughs> there's no such thing. I'm kidding. So we have the NA, the, the, th- the two thing, two out of the three things are currently in place. The, the N, what was the three, the three things? PNA positive. PNA right positive. Now. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the NAO has been slightly negative. Okay. Uh, in the past few weeks and the, and the AO has been neutral. The AO. Okay. So we need for the AO to go negative. That's correct. Is that correct? So, but now we can still get winter weather, even when those three factors, that's just the most ideal three factors. Is that right? That's, that's true. Okay. So we have one more segment and when we get back, we are going to reveal the winter weather forecast and we're going to give you guys a little bit of insight too. So, um, that's one thing too, that I really appreciated what you guys do for us because, you know, you guys are, are maintaining the page. And, and I'm sort of just reading and watching and, you know, just kind of hanging out. Um, but I appreciate what you guys are doing because, you know, this is such a passion for so many people. You can clearly see that because we just went from having zero likes to 4,000 likes, you know, and just random people and that really like weather. And it's, it's amazing to me because it's like a community of people and the community of people are, are just weather fans. I mean, I can't explain it the other way. Now, Mark, you actually are one of the people who sort of got me into weather when I was in Oak Ridge because you used to follow the snow. And, um, I know that the Oak Ridge office, you know, just like to get out of work. So they were trying to figure sure. out what <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it is in, we only have 30 seconds, but there's a passion that exists where well, there's a passion. Plus there's drivers to deal with and right. try to get over Pellissippi from Anderson County into Knox County is mm. miserable when right. it snows. That's right. And especially when you've got a, 35 foot Cadillac rolling down through there like Mark does. Well, guys, um, this uh, is definitely a year. I think we're going to watch this weather pattern. I'm so hoping that we get a Christmas snow. That would be awesome. Learn about the weather forecast coming up right after these messages. The fire is slowly dying. And my dear, we're still goodbye. As long as you love me so. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Oh, it doesn't show signs of stopping. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Uh, this is Kevin Ray. I want to get right into it so we have plenty of time. I've been told by my guests that I spoke a little bit too much. And so I want to get ramped up here. Um, The weather forecast for 2018, first and foremost, I mentioned in my little piece because I added my two cents. And and it is very true. And this isn't the technical speak. But, you know, you have to have the cold air and the moisture meet together in the valley so that it's a happy valley. And it all has to happen. And it's really amazing because you'll see that that, um, freezing line. 
you mentioned I-40, and it usually is very, very close to that. And I always look for the 540 line when I'm looking at weather maps. And, and it's always, you know, when you look at a, a weather map or a weather forecast in a, um, a long range uh, GFS or whatever it is, and you can put it in motion and you can see that, you know, 540 just kind of jumping around. And, and then sometimes it really dips down and you just kind of keep an eye on that. But I think that this area is so unpredictable because you have that that cold air you're going to get the moisture i mean we'll have plenty of rains that are going to come through and we're all going to be sitting there thinking man if the cold air had just been here in time you know so that that was my two cents and and i i think that what you guys mentioned and and you'll let you speak about the weather forecast for this winter but um there there is definitely a, a agreement amongst weather folks that you know there could be a, a couple of more systems that come through potentially than last year. That's a positive for snow lovers. That's certainly a negative uh, if you were not wanting any snow, because I think we're going to have some. So you guys, tell me what you think. John, I'll start with you. What's your what's your prediction? Well, the thing I like about La Nina years is, is their, to me, their unpredictability. You, mm-hmm. On average, they seem a little warmer, drier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look back at just the data, if you just look at the history of what what we've seen uh, across the years, I mean, our last uh, I guess measurable white Christmas was I believe a La Nina year mm-hmm. in 2010. Mm. Um, our record low in December of like negative six degrees was a uh, La Nina year, and mm-hmm. record low for January and a negative uh, what was it negative 24 below mm. I guess from when was a, that a La Nina year 85 I believe January the 21st or 22nd I think of, wow. of 85. And that was so, a big year for Tennessee going to the Sugar Bowl. That indeed, year. yeah. yeah. Uh, so the uh, February same thing. Um, so we've seen some of our. It's not always. It doesn't always have to be warm. You you still see some events, and sometimes when you see these events, they're they're quite extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back to, uh, I believe uh, 1950 was coming off a La Nina year, and there was a huge snowstorm in. Uh, it was referred to as the Great Appalachian uh, Storm of 1950, mm-hmm. and there were Cat Five winds. With wow. this, uh, 110 to 160 degree winds uh, recorded with that mile per hour. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, at the uh, and at the time, moving up through, I mean, it set our record, helped set our record low in in uh, November. It was mm-hmm. actually uh, right after Thanksgiving, uh, 1950. And at the um, time, it, what, what did it go down to? Um, four degrees in Knoxville, negative wow. one, I think, in Nashville, and and uh, or five degrees in Knoxville, I guess. Uh, wow. Four in Chattanooga, one, negative one in Nashville. But it, at the time, from an insurance claims perspective, it was the number one paid out claim uh, storm of, of, of anything, hurricane or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it was just a big snowstorm that came came rolling through the uh, uh, the you know the Appalachian area mm-hmm. moving up toward the northeast. So a lot of unpredictability. I say, uh, and to me, you're either going to get something or you're not. And 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 in in this particular type of of La Nina year. Uh, generally, if you get it, it, it may very well be one of those big wet snows where you could get mm. your entire, you know, accumulation for the year and maybe one or two events, large mm-hmm. events. Um, and, those are great and, snowball and events. They are, you know, that's and, what I want. While the rest of the while the rest of the season may be warm and and and, and pretty bland. Mm-hmm. David, what do you think? Well, I want to start with saying we're not going to see the same winter we've seen the past two years. That's a good. Uh, they, thing. They've been uh, both of those have been wall to wall warmth. So in, in mm. order to see something like that, uh, it's not going to happen. Mainly because we've already had enough yeah, cool weather I was say, to it's been uh, to trend us lower. So we won't see that. But uh, we will probably see. I think what John said: a couple of opportunities. And, I said that too. I'm yeah, just you did say that. That's right. We'll see a couple of opportunities. And even though 
there may be some warmth in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll st- still see some cold air, and hopefully, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. at the at the right time, moisture will come through, and who knows, we may see. I think we'll see more snow than we saw last year for certain. What did you? I think what was our forecast or what yours? And then I think you 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 actually doubled down a little bit. I but went you, high. Yeah, you went a little higher. What was your average? Inch? I think I, I went to six to eight inches in the valley, and and I'm, when I say that, like in the valley areas mm-hmm. that are, uh, we'll say Knoxville, mm-hmm. Knoxville proper. Yeah, and John, you said nine. I think you went up to nine. Yeah, I was like nine to twelve inches, I believe. Yeah. So and, and think about it. You I, ju- know. I just think we'll. I think we'll see the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. I just think that generally speaking, if we're if we're if we're on that cusp of that that wet weather, uh, I mean, a, a good thirty six degree snow is generally really wet and really you know mm-hmm. you get you just you it tends to dump a lot and then mm-hmm. and then it's gone quick too so right because you know this is a whole other thing about ratio of snow so if you got a couple of high ratio snows i mean you you could easily get six inches when if it had been colder it might have been two inches is that true or not true Uh, yeah the the type of snow you you looked at what are you talking about whether they're dry snows or wet snows a heavy wet snow may have a ratio of four to five to one mm-hmm. of, of a water versus snow equivalent and we had some drier snows i think last year there were 20 to one right right yes sir so uh in in my mother's diary she she kept a diary when she was a little girl well kidding. because she recorded a snowstorm back in 1938 and i think it was still on record as being the largest snowfall hmm. in tennis in knoxville east tennessee history um and it was 38 degrees Wow. So do you all remember anything like that? I mean, so it's like the I always heard growing up that the largest snowfall in Knoxville history was at 38 degrees. It was, you know, so but I think it's the ratio. I think the ratio uh, may have something to do with it. Well, and if you stop and think about about snows and the things that we remember, we everybody remembers 93 as this huge snow event. Mm-hmm. But didn't we have like a tornado like mm-hmm. in, in, that was right, right before thunder? I mean, oh, it was, it was this snow. really I mean, that that was a strange right. winter. But, there was a tornado before but that. But there was a tornado before that, mm-hmm. um, uh, like in February, I guess it was, or right before it. So it, it was not a very cold or snowy winter up until that point. And then that's all we remember at the very tail end. I got married that day. And as we drove out of Oak Ridge, heading toward the airport, the tornado was right behind us and went across uh, the Oak Ridge area. In 1993, I was walking. Well, he also was doing her loan as well, were you not? I I met her by doing her mortgage loan. That's correct. Anyway, um, (laughs) interesting story. So would it be bad if I said I wanted a tornado snow? Would that be a, a bad thing? <laughs> Jim just, Cantore would love that. that would yeah. Be, yeah, with thunder. Might make a movie about that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's interesting. I wonder if there has ever been a tornado in the midst of a, a snowstorm. Do you guys know? I, you guys probably have read up on that. It's interesting. I don't know that it would be possible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm and we, and physics won't allow. Well, I mean, if you if you watch um, Anna and Elsa, um, there certainly was a tornado in the middle of that snowstorm um, when she made the castle. I don't know if you remember that, but I do. Um, anyway, so so the the general consensus is that that we're going to have more snow this year than we have had in the last two years. Three years ago, if you guys recall, and my memory serves me correctly, I think it does. Um, we had some a lot of snow events three years ago. Were we in an El Nino pattern then? I think we were El Nino yeah. then. Yeah. So um, I just think I agree completely with what you guys are saying. But is there anything else too that that is 
Uh, John, you tend to have these uncover these hidden truths, but is there anything out there that's sort of, hey, if this happens or that happens, we could have a big one coming. Just maybe give me a little bit of uh, some groomers. Well, <laughs> um, I think. I mean, I think for me, recently speaking, I think for me, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing we were looking at has probably already happened, really, and that was that was coming up. Can on, you back that up and start him over? I'm just kidding. The, 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 well, no, I mean, we were we were talking back, yeah. uh, you know, a good month ago, and then we started seeing a lot of this behavior where. You saw the 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 Nam model showing seven the, to eight the, inches. This I remember huge storm coming south from like Louisiana, mm-hmm. um, all the way up through, uh, through through middle of Georgia, and we saw that, and the GFS was completely missing it. And then we mm-hmm. looked at the GFS, and it was saying something totally different. And it just it it looked like it, we were shaping up for this. Um, for a lot of cold air and a lot of really nice patterns in Smoke, in December before, mm-hmm. I mean, we're still in fall, mm-hmm. you know. So and we, yeah, so, we are actually. And so it so when we looked at that, it yeah. it pretty much told us that hey, this is really good because if it's 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 good to see this kind of stuff early because mm-hmm. it generally tends to indicate that we might be in for a pretty good. Uh, you know. So so you don't back out of that because I think that we are going to have a good winter. Uh, closing thoughts from David. <laughs> I'll just say this pattern that we've had of cold air is going to retreat. Mm-hmm. We're going to see some some warm up. If it can redevelop after the warm up around the uh, first of the year, first second week of January, I think we'll see something. I think it's going to stay cold the whole time, and we're going to get a foot on Christmas. That's my prediction. I'm kidding. I, Any closing thoughts? East Tennessee weather page where weather fans live. Dude, I like it. Really like it a lot, guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on the Housing Hour. May your days be merry and brown and may all your Christmases be white. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.